halfway through our series of Ephesians, where we're talking about how to remind ourselves about who we are, who we are in Christ, and what we as Christians, God's people, how we should live. So, we're going to be kicking off from verse 7. Everybody have their Bibles? Smartphones? The screen? (laughs) Whatever it is, let's get into it. This is what Paul writes from verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. We all have grace. Something I've, I've, I've come uh, quite fond of doing is greeting you guys. And I, and I realized I didn't do it. So, what's up, saints? Quickly, turn to someone and say, what's up, saints? Come on. No, 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 no. You guys know how we do this. We don't do this like just um, walking past and goes, we walk up to each other and we go with confidence, you know, baggy pants, hanging down, you look at someone in the eye, you look them in the eye and you go, what's up, saint? Come on, can, can we greet each other properly? Sup, saint? I mean, come on, it just, has, it just has that ring to it. I mean, back there in the cheap seats, sup, saint? Yeah, there we go, come on, sup, saints? We all have grace. How many of you guys are grateful for God's grace? Come on. I am so grateful for God's grace. He has given my wife so much grace for me as well, so I've got double portion of grace. So yeah, let's keep going. In verse 8 it says, This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Now, if you have your Bible, I want you to highlight that word, gifts. If you can, or underline that whole thing that says, gave gifts to his people. And we're going to be talking about that in a few Verse 9, we carry on, it says, What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the entire universe. And then in 11, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service. Tell someone next to you, get ready. Get ready. Come on. Because there's a work that we have to do so that the body of Christ may be built up. Come on, flex on someone quickly. (laughs) To equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach Unity in faith and in knowledge of the Son of God and become what? Mature. Come on, it's time to grow up. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in what? In love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament 
grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Not sits still, not takes a break, not disappears, not passes the buck, but does its work. So today, I want to just take a few minutes as we remind ourselves in this book of Ephesians chapter 4 from this title, Some Assembly Required. Let us pray. So Lord Jesus, thank you for working in us and through us. As we open your word, as we discuss it, breathe life into us and ignite a fire. Do what only you can do. Father, we pray, may we be equipped for what you need us to do. We ask this in your name. Amen. If I had to give you guys an option between Lego and a flat pack, who would choose Lego? Anybody would choose a flat pack? Do any of you know what a flat pack is? Okay, you don't know what a flat pack is. Have you ever gone to game or to, um, uh, what are these plays? Deco Fern is also one of the good ones here. And uh, you walk into the store and you see this amazing cupboard or cabinet or, or TV unit and you want to buy it. You don't get that unit fully assembled. You get it in a flat pack. Do you guys know what a flat pack is now? So a flat pack is those flat boxes of evil that they come and drop off at your house. And they leave it there. And you know what they say? Some assembly required. They lie. <laughs> what they should actually do is they should just say, assemble it. Not do some of it. You know, um, I, I know in this auditorium, I don't know about you guys at home, we have some really skilled guys that, you know, uh, we, we had a, a headboard made for us. For our bed, a new one, yeah. And, uh, hey, hey, family viewing. Um, so, I mean, just the intricacy of the patterns and putting the things together, to me, that is why we paid to get it done. Because if I had to do it, we would have gotten a stick with a word pasted on it with paper said headboard. And I would have left it there. But we've got skilled people that can do these things. But bring a flat pack. And flat packs don't ignite joy in me. My wife, I mean, in our previous house, we needed cupboards. And my dad came over and he bought us three of these cupboards. And he put it down there and he goes, here you go, son. And I went, that is why you are here, dad. You are not here to spend time with me. You are here to spend time with these cabinets. Because it does not spark joy. I go from speaking in tongues to speaking different languages. It is that awful. And this is the thing. Your flat pack comes cut. Dimensions. All the parts are there. But you know what? There's still work that you have to do. You, you don't just get it always if you... As lucky as I am, you always get that one where there's parts missing because I've got kids. And they go, what is this? And then they disappear. Where's that part you had? What part? You know, there's always things missing. So, you know, but there's always work that needs to be done. We know what it needs to be like. But there's certain things that you still need to do in order for you to get 
what your desired outcome needs to be. So have you ever met someone that has raved about, hey, I've got this really awesome TV unit. Hey, you've got to see it. And for weeks on end, he's like, you've got to come and see it. And you arrive at their house and there's a box with the picture on it and this thing hasn't been built. How many of you guys have ever experienced a guy like that? No one. Because as much as what flat packs drive you crazy, you still want to build it so people can see it. And that is what we need to remind ourselves about as we continue in chapter 4 of Ephesians. From 1 to 3, Paul is reminding about us about who we are in Christ, who's our, what our identity is, how we are built, how we are created. And now from verse 4, he goes, and this is what you need to do. There is some assembly required and when I say assembly, it means there is just work that we have to do. If we want to grow and mature like he speaks about here in chapter, in chapter 4, we need to understand this. Believing comes from hearing, right? And hearing the Word of God. But growth and maturity comes from working. You need to be able to work it out in order for you to grow. There is something that God has placed in us. There's this desire to always want to go from one level to the next level. Okay? How many of you guys wanted to stay in grade one when you were in grade one? My kids. They didn't want to leave. But how many of you guys know in order to to learn something or do something, or should I say do something, you need to grow into it. And so God started this whole thing about growth in us from the very beginning. What does he tell Adam and Eve? Grow. Have lots of kids. Grow. He's always talking about growth. We were never meant to stay the same. If God wanted us to just remain the same, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. Because Jesus brings change, and where there's change, there's always growth. We need to understand that we need to grow and mature. November was a very busy month for my family and I. My son grew. He's 12 years old. He can nearly drive and go and get work. My wife and I, we celebrated 14 years of grace. Yes! And I turned 30. Woohoo! It's so good. I feel so young. <laughs> yeah, the judgment that is coming from the front row and everybody that knows me. <laughs> I'm not 40 yet, but it will be there. But it's all about growth. That is something we cannot stop is growth. You plant a tree, what does it do? It grows, it's, it's, it's part of its DNA. Kids, what do they do? Believe it or not, they grow. Some are, you're going, they're going to grow into sleep. They will sleep. They will learn how to make their own sandwiches one day. Yeah, we, we've got that problem. But there's this whole thing that Paul wants to remind us is that no matter what you're going through, no, no matter where you are, no matter what your walk with Jesus is currently like, remind yourself this. It's all about growth. We're going to grow we cannot stay in the same. God never created us to stagnate. What happens with stuff that stagnate? 
they stink, it goes fraught, and no one wants to go there. So in our Christian walk, we cannot stagnate where we are because then we just become bitter because all we want to do is hold on to the small things when God has got so much more for us. And where there's growth, there's life. You weren't saved by works, but know this, you were saved for works. This is what Paul wants you to to hear right now. Works didn't save you, but you are saved to do something. And as we unpack it, there's just a few things that I want to point out. The first thing that you need to understand is, it might be simple, but it's not easy. A flat pack, it is simple, but it is not easy. They give you everything you need, even a picture of what you need to do with every step. They give you an A4 page with 35 steps on it and 500 pieces of screws. And if you flip it to the back, they say, this size screw looks like this, but if you take the screw and you put it next to it, it doesn't size up, so you have to guess simple, but it's not easy. And as you read the entire, I wanted to read the entire chapter to you, and Ali's like, you won't have time, because there's so much that we have to take from Ephesians. There's so much we get from it. However, if you read from verse 17 onwards to verse 32, Paul is saying, this is what, how you live. Don't do these. Do this. Simple things, but how many of you guys know it's not easy? Losing weight, it's simple, but it's not easy. Been trying for 30 years. Quickly turn with me to Ephesians 4, verse 2 to 3. This is what Paul writes in the start of this chapter. He goes, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. Make every effort, sorry, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Simple things. That is all we need to do. We've got to do simple things. And yet, how many of you guys know it's not easy? Raising kids is simple. Just feed them, love them, look after them, and they will grow. Simple. Not easy. I want to work on my body. You want to work on your body. It's simple. Get a gym contract. Get an eating plan. It's not easy. Everything that we need to do is simple, but because of who we are, it's not easy. If we want to grow, if we want to mature, we have to just do the simple things. James writes in chapter 1 of, and, and verse 22, he says, don't just come to church or don't just read stuff and hear stuff. You've got to do stuff. 
okay, in order for us to grow, we don't need deeper teachings. We just need to do simple things. What does it say? It says, love. Have patience. How many of you guys love, you know, we always talk about patience in this church. Because we've got that N1 and the N2 and um, what the, we've got all the roads. We've got those young at heart people that are always driving as well. We've got those Gauteng drivers that arrive in Cape Town. You know, that, that hog, the fast lane or the slow lane, that flash. How many of you guys have patience? Anybody here work with people? How many, do, do you need patience with them? How easy is it to lose your cool with people? I've got, I work with people. I created my own people. Uh, there's three of them at this moment. And the oldest one is busy writing exams. And in order for him to survive, he needs to study. How many of you guys know he doesn't want to study? And I need to have patience with that. And a lot of people, a lot of pastors are going to get angry at me for saying this, but we should pray for God to give us patience. You see, the thing is, it might not be easy, but it doesn't mean we have to give up. Patience doesn't come easily. Love, we, it's not easy to do. It's a simple thing. How many of you guys know that when someone argues with you and offends you, the easiest thing to say is, I love you? <laughs> My wife laughed at me. We don't argue at all. We love each other. But how many of you guys know we have a difference of opinion? And she even agrees. I'm right, she's wrong. <laughs> That's because I'm on stage and she's not. But this is the thing. When people offend us, we get angry. And one of the things Paul says is, don't sin in your anger and don't go to bed angry. How many of you guys have ever gone to bed angry? <laughs> Simple things? Not easy. And this is what James says. Don't just hear, but do it. Don't just... You see, there is some assembly, some work that we have to do on ourselves. And that is just to do the simple things. The simplest things are usually the hardest things. Because we have this thing called pride. But just because it's not easy, doesn't mean we shouldn't work at it. God gives us opportunities in ourselves to grow. That's why I say, if you battle with patience, pray for it. Why? Because God is going to give you an opportunity to grow in patience. You want to lose weight? There's an opportunity to go to gym. There's an opportunity for you to say no to that cake. Oh, man, guys, it was my birthday, and I did so well until my wife came back, and we finished half a cake. That was not easy. It wasn't a small cake, woman. It's big. Even the dogs looked at us and went, what? Cheat, weak. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. We just have to do the simple stuff. But when it's not easy, the only thing we can do is pray. 
The only thing we can do is ask God to help us. When it comes to assembling a flat pack and you don't know how to do the simple thing of just screwing it in, what do you do? You don't send it back to game. You ask someone to come and help you. I ask Allison. She knows when we're doing flat packs to just leave the room. And then she goes and she fasts and prays. <laughs> she sends angels on assignments. Oh, Jesus. May he not sin in his anger. <laughs> and then she comes and I'm like, babes, just, just hold this for me. You see, when it's not easy, we need help. Most of us, when it's not easy, we try to run away. We pull away. We don't tell anybody about something. Why? Because we feel we're going to be judged. I'm a man. I know how to use a screwdriver, but I hate flat packs. And I've got no problem in calling my wife to help me. Why do we have to feel like we have to try and do everything else on our own? God put us together to help each other, to build each other up so that we can grow. We need to grow. Nothing of significance ever came easy. It was hard. There might have been simple stuff, but it took time. Paul says, you are called and you have a purpose. It's not going to be easy, but all we need to do is keep going with the simple stuff. So know this. You are a child of the Most High God. You are called for a purpose. You have grace and love. And what God needs you to do is simple. And we're going to get to that in a few. But know this. It's not always going to be easy. Loving people is not always easy. Having patience is not always easy. But when it's not easy, don't do it on your own and don't back away. Keep praying. Keep asking God. Look around. Quickly, take a look around. Look around. Do you see the person next to you? See the person in front of you? Hey? Do you see the person behind you? Yeah. Cheap seats. There we go. Do you see the person next to you on the couch? Look at you. Scroll on your phone. Do you see the people on your phone? When it's not easy, phone someone. Call someone. Get some help. Because there is some assembly required, but in the process, there is some help that is needed. Don't do life on your own. Because, check this out, we are in this together. You're not alone. Alison always wants stuff. But she doesn't understand her husband has to build stuff. Now I've got these pork sausages you call fingers. They're so big. I, I don't know how to work with these small things. And she goes, oh, babes, this will look so nice. Nothing gets someone doing something like, oh, babes, you're amazing. If only we had this. You know, the royal we. We should do this. I'm like, yeah, we, we, we should. But we are in this together. No matter what you want, there's someone that can help you through it. There's someone that can help you along. 
And check this. Let's talk about growth and maturity for a second. Hey, it comes from actually doing what you learned, which means we have to do work. Who is still learning how to drive right now? Is there any learner drivers? I'm shocked, and I'm not judging much. Check this out. Who has ever taught someone to drive? Who needed to pray for patience in those times? <laughs> Who needed an extra dose of love and grace in that time? Probably the person, <laughs> the person in the car driving. I'm, I don't know. But check this. You can learn how to drive by watching YouTube vids and reading a book, right? Because what they're going to teach you, they're going to teach you where to switch the car on. Hey? It's the simplest thing. Hey, I, I, we, we've got a, a, a new car, and it is one of those where you push a button. It doesn't have a key. So my wife gets in, and she goes, where do you put the key in? It might be simple, but it's not easy. Never mind. Let's carry on. And so they, they, she, you can learn all these things on the internet. You can learn about how to turn on the indicators, how to drive, which pedals to use to go forward and to change gears, how to look, how to move forward, how to adjust your mirror and your seat. Simple, right? But you will never truly know how to drive until you get into a car and move because then things change. How many of you guys know that? The clutch feels different. Whenever someone drives a different car, it's like it's the clutch. What did the poor clutch do to you? It stayed there. It didn't do anything. It got us for so many years from the house to wherever we wanted to go. But now the clutch has a problem because it doesn't like your feet. Eh? And then you have to monitor traffic around you. How many of you guys know your prayer life increased teaching someone else to drive? <laughs> if we wanted our next prayer meeting, we're going to climb on the highway, guys, and we're going to get a bus and we are going to get someone that's learning how to drive. Jaden, you're up. <laughs> and we're all going to go down the N1, and we're going to go, these are our prayer topics. <laughs> but you see, you can learn something, but you will only grow when you do it. You can learn about your work, but you can only grow when you do it. How many of you guys know when you do something specifically well, people normally come to you and ask, so what should we do? Why? Because you've grown in the pressure, you've grown in the situation, and they can trust you on how to do it. Someone that's just walked in will have all these ideas, but if he's never done it, their go-to person will someone that has grown in it. And that is what we need to understand as Christians. We need to grow by doing. If you want to grow in maturity, if you want to grow in unity, Paul is writing here, check it out, in verse 11 of chapter 4, that we need to do stuff. This is what it says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip the people for what? Works of service. In other translations, it's for the ministry. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So if you want to grow and mature, and if you want unity in the church, the body of Christ, 
we need to work. There are certain things that we need to do, and it takes me and you to do that because I have a role to play. If you look at verse 8, it says, and Christ himself gave gifts to the people. And those gifts are the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, and the teachers. Hey guys, I am a gift to you. My wife knows. I'm a gift. And our role as the fivefold gifting, as we come to know it, is to equip you guys to do ministry. And we had a chat about this. It's not about a specific person functioning. It's about us being equipped to do something. We have so many people that have joined the church that have heard Jesus' message and have been prayed for, not because I prayed for them, but because so many people in the church said, we will go. We are all being equipped to do the work. You're not coming here to hear a good message so you can go home and watch, I don't know, what do we watch these days? Um, What's that scary program? I don't know, something on Netflix. Netflix is cool. I don't know, there's so many things. Choose School of Chocolate. Oh my gosh, here we start again. But you come to church to get equipped. My role is to equip you. That is why we're going through the book of Ephesians, so that you can be reminded about who you are. You are chosen, you are brave, you are amazing, you can do this. You are the head, you are not the tail. You grow up, you never fall backwards. Can I bless you guys a bit? You guys need to learn these things. Can I equip you? And then you've got a role to play as well. Your role is to be available, to be equipped. So when you come here, all you need to do is be available. You can't be equipped if you aren't here. Check this out. Let's quickly turn to the book of Timothy and explain it to you this way. Because we all have a role to play. You have a role to play. You have a role to play. Whether you like it or not, whether you feel like you can or not, you have a role to play. And this is what 2 Timothy 2 verse 2 says. That's a lot of twos, a lot of T's. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others as well. What I want to point out to you here, Paul is writing to Timothy, a very young pastor. And he says, this is what you need to do. You need to teach them so that they can do what you do. But you have to first find faithful people who are able. A lot of us got it mixed up. We look for people with abilities and not people who are faithful. And the problem with that is when people come in with just abilities, we all look to them and it's like, no, they will do it. They are amazing. But most of the time they go, yes, we are. And then the problem is, They never want to do anything. But you see, 
God is looking for availability so that he can give you guys the ability. We just need to be available so that he can make us able. Think about Gideon. Think about Moses. Think about Esther. None of them felt like they were able, but each of them were available. And that is what we need to understand. And a faithful person is not a person who never makes mistakes. That is not what faithful is. That is perfectionism. Perfectionism is, perfectionism is unattainable. We've spoken about this. God is not looking for perfect because we're all in progress. He's looking for faithful people because if it's all just about ability and how good we are, that's one way Satan tells us you are not ready yet. But how many of you guys know you are ready? All you need to do is just be available. And so what we need to be, to be equipped to work in the ministry, to grow and mature, is just be available. Where would you like to serve? We have so many places that you can be equipped in. All you need to do is make yourself available. We've got next steps. We tell you about who we are. We tell you about what we want to do. We tell you about what gifts. We discover the gifts that are inside of you. And we go, let's make it available. Do you want to work? Because you're going to reach people. We've got band. Ministry. Come on, if you can't sing, uh, we've got hospitality. We've got kids, kids' ministries. We've got places where you can slot in so that we can equip you to become able. That is what we need. But check this out, and I want to close with this. There are spots for everyone, but there is always a purpose. There's always a purpose for the flat pack you buy. No one buys a cupboard and never uses it. No one buys a TV unit and never puts a TV on it or something on it to display something. You always get something to use it for its purpose. And we have a purpose. This is our purpose. Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. It says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Do you guys know for a fact when um, Jesus gave this mandate to his disciples, there weren't many followers of Christ at that moment? So in essence, what God is what Jesus is telling them to do and what he's telling us is don't just look for Christians. Look for lost people. Win them over to Jesus and teach them how to be like Jesus. That is it. In Prodeo, we want to introduce ordinary people to an extraordinary God. 
Because that is what we live for, is to point people to Jesus. We love people, so we want to point them to the one who we love more, and that is Jesus. So we need to go find lost people, those that don't know Jesus, introduce them to him, and then teach them what we know, what God has taught us, what has been given and equipped to you through the pastors, the apostles, the teachers. Know this, we don't just get guest speakers to come in and give you a good message so that they can go home and eat something awesome. We bring pastors in of the fivefold ministries or speakers in that hold an office so that they can equip us to go out and go and make a difference. And what we need to do is two very simple things. Number one, all you need to do is go and tell. That's ministry. Just go and tell someone what God has done in your life. Guys, it's simple. I know it's not easy. But what has God done in your life so far? What testimony do you have? When John asked his disciples to go and find out if Jesus was the Messiah, what was Jesus' response? The blind see, the deaf heard, the lepers are cured, the dead are raised. Go and tell him. And that's all we need to do. Go and tell people about the goodness of Jesus. The next thing we need to do, if you are too scared to go and tell, is just tell them to come and see. How many of you guys know kids do those two things brilliantly? They will tell you everything. I have learned, never tell your kids, don't tell mom. Because that's the first thing they do. Rebecca will run up, it's like, guess what dad told me not to tell you? We need to become like kids, go tell people. But then they also will go, hey dad, come and see. We need to, if we can't, if we're too scared, if we're too nervous, don't shy away, just tell them, come and see. In the, where is it, in the book of John, God meets, Jesus meets up with Nathaniel. And Nathaniel runs over, sorry, meets up with Philip, and uh, Philip runs over to Nathaniel. And Philip tells Nathaniel, guess what? We have met the one that Moses and the prophets have spoken about us. He is Jesus of Nazareth. And what is Nathaniel's response? Nathaniel goes, you know what? What good can come out of Nazareth? And what does Philip respond? Come and see. Come and see. What good can come out of Prodeo? Come and see. What good can come out of a new church plant? Heck, come and see. You guys have that loud pastor that is bald, uh, that shouts at us all the time. I don't think I'm ready for that. <laughs> wow. You know what? Come and see. Come and see what God is doing in us and through us. We don't have to worry about too many things. Just invite people. We were saved for works, not by works. We all have a role to play, and this is it. To win as many people to Jesus as we can. 
so that they can win as many people to Jesus as they can. Some assembly is required. Let us pray.